Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Are you ready for the Word of God? Tonight, I don't want to go too late because it's the last night and many of you may have need, uh, you need to pack and get ready to go home. To, some of you go home tonight. So I will try to finish earlier and uh, again, spend more time to pray for you as well. That's why I ask you to follow the teaching in the internet later on. Still have a lot to teach regarding being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you love your children, you love your sheep, and you feed your sheep with good food, with the fresh food from heaven. Lord, you guide us to the green pasture, and we can eat that food that come to us by your hand. Lord, we want to receive the spiritual food tonight. And we want to, Lord, memorize it. We want to meditate on it. And we want to really practice it, Lord. May the subject of spirit-led living become a reality in our daily life. Thank you, Lord. We will all experience the leading of the Holy Spirit every single day, more and more, every day, Lord. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. How many people know that our life is relatively short? Do you know that? How many people know that our life is like a vapor? It comes and it goes so quickly. Soon and very soon, compared to eternity, we open our eyes and we are leaving this world. We are gone. The next generation is coming. My generation will be gone. So we are on this earth only in a temporary basis. That's why our church wants to train younger people to serve God. Because we know that we will not be here forever. We want to see young men and women rise up to serve the Lord better than our generation. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 14, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. How many people know what's going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. Are we going to have life tomorrow? We don't know. No one knows what's going to happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time. And then vanishes away. James wrote this scripture not to discourage us that we're going to die one day. But to remind us that the life on this earth is temporary. And is compared to vapor. We come and then we disappear. We vanish away. I remember I was just a kid running around playing football in my high school, and now 
I passed 50 years old. So fast, the life goes on so fast, and we are not living on earth forever. The reason James wrote this verse because God wants us to redeem our time. God wants us to realize that time is variable, and it's click, click, clicks away every single minute. We are losing our time on earth every single minute, every single day, and we should not waste the whole days of life. We should not waste a minute of life. We should value the time and spend time wisely for the kingdom of God. Our house on earth is temporary. Our money in the bank account on earth is temporary. And we cannot take even one penny with us. We cannot take the car with us, the house with us. Our real home is in heaven. And this is the time that we need to be diligent and committed to send material from earth here, from the earth, to build our home in heaven. We are running against time, and many of us may have small home because you don't commit to God. Some of us may have a big, nice mansion because you are running the race and you get the job done for God. So, if you have the mindset of eternity, you will begin to think, "What's going to happen in eternity? And what is the purpose of my life on this earth? Why am I here? What does God call me to do? What is my place on earth? What is the calling?" What is my anointing? What church should I join? What should I do for God? And we need to find out those things as soon as possible, because the time is running out. We all need to find our calling, our place, our purpose of life. And once we find out as soon as possible, then it takes time again to develop. A while ago, when I was worshiping God, I cried because God took me back to the day that I did not know Jesus. How wicked I was! I was a wicked man. I was worshiping idol. I was a selfish man. And then God showed me that I was saved. And after that, it took many years to grow to understand the things of God. I share with brothers from. Minnesota, that it took me eight years to understand about the fire of God. It takes time to grow, to develop, because the time is limited. If you find your calling and your purpose of life too late, you don't have much time to develop. And then tomorrow you pass to be with the Lord. Oops! Oh, I did not have a chance to do anything for God because I have wasted my life away. Because I goof off all these years to do my own things, and I just follow my own plan. I want to encourage you. You need to find your purpose of life that God gives to you as soon as possible. Find your anointing, your calling, and your place in the body of Christ as soon as possible. You cannot go back to the past, but you can start today to move forward to what God called you to do. Don't waste any day anymore. 
Start to run the race and run until you get to the finish line. We need to find the right church we belong to. We need to know what ministry God called us to do or what ministry we join in. If you keep hopping from church to church, you are not committed. You're going to waste time again and again and you will not be able to accomplish anything. We should do the right thing at the right time. We should live a life that counts, live a life that is fruitful and fulfill God's given purpose before we die and leave this world. At the last day of our life on our deathbed, we can open our eyes and say to Jesus, Lord, I have done my best. I have finished my race. I have fight the good fight of the faith. I finished my course. And in a second, you left this body, you meet Jesus. Jesus will smile at you and say, Well done. Good job. Come in. This is your big mansion. And this is your reward. This is the crowd of glory. You are the committed Christian. You are my committed disciple. You have done your best and you fulfill the purpose that I have given to you. How many people say, I will not waste time any longer? How many people say, from now on, I will live for the purpose of eternity? How many people say, my home is not on earth here? How many people say, my home is in heaven? I am the citizen of heaven. From now on, think about how I'm going to live for the purpose of God. When I say I live for the purpose of God, I don't mean that I'm going to be traveling aloud and preach the gospel everywhere and forget about my wife and my family. Definitely the kingdom of God involved in my parenting, my being husband, my job as a doctor. The kingdom of God is involved in my ministry. Everything in my life is about the kingdom. So I make a decision. For God, I'm going to be an excellent husband. For God, I'm going to be an excellent father. That I will raise my kids to love God and carry the baton and run the race after I pass away and live with God, with Jesus. I pray that I commit to God that I want to be an excellent neurosurgeon, that I can witness to my patient that, wow, Christian doctor is good. Wow, they are so wonderful. I want to be the salt and the light of the world. I commit to God that I want to be an excellent pastor, that I will do everything to please Him, and I will not play game with Him. How do we know whether we are in the right place? How do we know our calling? How do we know what church we should join in? How do we know what ministry God called us to do? The Lord has not left us alone on this earth. And then we try to figure all these things out by ourselves. The Lord has given us the helper. And the helper, the Holy Spirit, can tell us the purpose of our life. What church we should join in. What ministry I should do. Where is the right place for me? Where I should buy my house? Where I should get involved with which group of people? 
Who should I marry to? He will lead us to fulfill the purpose of the Father. I don't have to figure all these things out myself. I have the Helper, the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, who can teach me, guide me, show me what I need to do, what place I should go, what teaching I need to teach. He will guide me every single day. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. There is no way that we can find our place, run the race, be fruitful, and do what God called us to do to the best we can without any constant help of the Holy Spirit. We need the constant daily help of the Holy Spirit to be able to run the race, to be able to step into the place where God called us to be in and keep doing what is right until the last day. This is the fact. The Holy Spirit helps somebody much more than other people. Listen one more time. The Holy Spirit helps some Christians more than other Christians. Is it because, because He plays favorites? Is it because He is the one that played prejudice? No. He is not a respecter of person. He wants to give every person the best he can. But why some Christians do not receive leading, guidance, and help from the Holy Spirit that much? Because they make their own plan every day. They think they are smart enough to do their own things. They never look to the Holy Spirit. They never consult with the Holy Spirit. And they just make their own plan every single day. And they leave the Holy Spirit alone by their side. Never talk to the Holy Spirit. My brother and sister, I want to encourage you. Don't be the type of Christians who just play around. You're going to be sad on that day when you get to heaven. If you just say, I'm safe, I'm fine now. I wait on that day to go to heaven. On that day, you will be sad because you walk into heaven and you have nothing. You have no reward. You just pass the fire of hell and just get into heaven with nothing because you rarely read the Bible. You rarely listen to the teaching. You don't serve God. You don't commit your life to the local church. You don't get involved in prayer meeting. You just live day by day having fun for your own life. And you never think about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God comes the least on your list. My brother and sister, that is not the way we should live. We should commit to God. Read the Bible. Pray. Go to church. Serve God in the local church. Get involved in the ministry. Find a calling. Some people say, you know, I find God in the top of the mountain better than to go to church. So I can just stay home every day. I don't need to go to church on Sunday. I don't need to get involved in the fellowship. That is a wrong idea. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, the Bible says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and 
so much the more as you see the day approaching. The Lord said that we must be involved in the local church community. I don't mean it has to be mega church. I don't mean it has to be 200 member church. But at least you get involved in a group of Christians. Fellowship can be five people, four people, ten people in your city. When you are in any city, you need to find a good local church and get involved. If you keep going and you cannot find a good local church, pray that you can be a part of planting a new church so that there will be the church in that city. I'm so thankful and I would like to honor a sister here from Las Vegas. She could not find the church that God wants her to be part of. She never gave up. She kept coming to the camp. I'm so impressed and so inspired by a sister from Las Vegas who tried to have the revival church in Las Vegas all these years, maybe more than 10 years. And she never gave up. She went to churches but never fulfilled that that is her church. And because she never gave up, God sent brother and sister to join her now. And from now on, they're going to start the church in Las Vegas. Very persistent. Very persistent. Never give up. Amen. Hallelujah. We need to be in the fellowship. And why God wants us to be in the fellowship? Because we cannot be an isolated island. We cannot be by ourselves. We need one another. We need brothers and sisters. The reason God put apostle, prophet, evangelist, teachers, and pastor into the body of Christ so that we can be trained, so that we can grow up more, so that we can be corrected and taught and changed and transformed by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need to be connected to the apostle, to the evangelists and prophet and pastors, and that come through the local church. Amen? So we need one another. And when we are in together, the Holy Spirit is moving, filling all of us up. Then we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when we join a good local church, we will eventually find our calling, our place in the body of Christ. Jesus never say, you and me alone. Jesus never say that. Some religions, my previous religions say to me, if I want to be holy, I need to separate myself to be in a jungle somewhere. I need to be by myself. No. God say, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And we need to be the light of the world. And we need to minister to one another. You are minister by me, and you minister to me. We need each other. And this is the way God works. We need one another all the time. We need to have a good local church. And then in that good local church, the presence of God shows up, fills us up. And what happened? The Holy Spirit on the inside of us starts to show us things to do. And we start to grow up in the way of the Lord. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 16 say, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit 
that we are children of God. My brother and sister, we can expect to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're gonna find out our calling, our place. We will know exactly what to do each day. We will know what ministry we need to be involved with. We will not waste even one minute away from our life. We know what is the right thing to do. What group we're gonna join in? Just like the Book of Acts, the disciple in the Book of Acts knew exactly what they needed to do, because they were led and guided and directed by the Holy Spirit all the time. As the Holy Spirit was real to them, He should be real to us. It just happened to me this morning again. I was coming out from my room, and I was walking out. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. You forgot your checkbook. Oops, it's true. This morning we have tithe and offering, and if I did not bring my checkbook, how can I do that? So I ran back into my room and picked up my checkbook to come here to write the offering to God. You see, God even took care of me in detail that I forgot the checkbook. If you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, He can guide you and show you. He must be real to you. That's what I pray. That's why we have this kind of meeting. Sometimes people go to church for many years and never, never, never hear anything from God. They never be touched by God. They never been experiencing the glory of God or have the personal touch of God in their life. They just go to church for a religion, a tradition. They never know the Holy Spirit. That's why they never hear any voice from the Holy Spirit. Our church, New Hope International Church, we want every member to be touched by God, to be filled with the glory, to really have the experience of the reality of the Holy Spirit themselves. Amen. I want to see young people get touched by the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, I was so happy to see all the youth got touched by the Holy Spirit. That. You cannot even buy with one million dollars. It's more worthy than one million dollars to see young people get touched by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Whatever the disciple experience in the Book of Acts, we should cry now to God. God, I want the same experience. We will not water down the Bible. Some Christian, if they don't have experience in what the Bible say, they use this method. They cut off that scripture. They don't want to read that scripture. They say, "Oh, that is for the past. That is not for today. That is for the early church Christian." But today we are in the 21st century. No more healing. No more fire of God. No more dreams and vision. No more angels. No more signs and wonders. No more being led by the Holy Spirit. That was for the past. No, 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 no. We should not think that way. We should not water down the Bible, but we should pray. God, elevate my life to experience everything that the Bible say. Amen. Anything in the Bible say, we say, elevate me to the level of the Bible. If the early church disciple experienced the fire of God in the upper room, we must experience the fire of God. If the Bible says that the disciple experience the healing and casting out demon, we should experience the same thing: healing and casting out demon. 
if the early church experienced signs and wonders and miracle, and they could hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we should experience the same thing. The Holy Spirit should be real to us, just as He was so real to the early church. Amen? Every day when we wake up, we should say, God, please lead me today. All the time, you should check in with the Holy Spirit. You should look to the Holy Spirit who is in your heart. You should ask Him, should I go there? Should I go to that road? Should I make phone call to that person? And when you pick up the phone and call, you ask the Holy Spirit, what should I say? Is this right or this is wrong? What that person is doing, is it right or is wrong? What he tried to tell me, is that yours? Is that from you or from man? You should always check in with the Holy Spirit. You always look to the Holy Spirit. You always listen to Him all the time because we have so limited understanding, knowledge, and information. We cannot depend on our head. We need to depend on the Holy Spirit. If you are led by the Holy Spirit 100% of the time in your life, which has not happened yet, and which has not happened to me either, I still make mistakes. Sometimes I forget, and I just use my brain. But if we can be led by the Holy Spirit 100% of the time, we would never make even one mistake in our life. We will never put money in the wrong investment. Amen? We will not mess up our own life. We will not have to cry and get mad at God. Actually, many chaos and messy things that happen in your life is not God's fault at all. Don't blame God. It's your own choice. Because you never check in with Him. And you keep running your own life and you do many wrong things and face many problems and loss and chaos and heartache. And many Christians get mad at God and leave the church and blame God for everything. God, why this happened to me? God wants to say from heaven, it's your own choice. You mess your own life up because you never listen to me. That's why this teaching is important. From now on, change the way you live. Check in with the Holy Spirit. Knock the door. Everyone check in. Everyone say check in. Everyone say, look to. Everyone say, respond. Everyone say, sensitive to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not an object. That's why we don't call Him it. He is not just impersonal force or energy. He is the person. John chapter 14, 16 to 17. And I will pray the Father that He will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. John chapter 14 verse 27, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He can teach you all things. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God 
and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. From all these three scriptures, we can see that the Holy Spirit is a person, a divine person. The Bible say communion with the Holy Spirit of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean, communion? Communion means fellowship. You cannot fellowship. You cannot have relationship with a chair, with a car, with a piano. You can have the fellowship or communion only with a person. Is that right? The Bible say the communion of the Holy Spirit. In this teaching, we're gonna learn how to commune with the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter one verse twenty six. The Bible say, then God said. Let us make man, everyone say us. Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. The word God in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, is the Hebrew language, the word Elohim. Elohim. A God in the Hebrew language is a unique plural word or noun. Unique means one. Plural means many. Unique plural noun. What does it mean? I give you example. A family. The word a family is a unique plural noun. One family but many members. The word a church, a local church, ecclesia, is a unique plural noun. One church, but many members. In the same way, the word Elohim, the word God in the English language, is a unique plural word. There is one God, but there are three parts. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They are not the same person. They are separate person. God the Father is in heaven on his throne. God Jesus the Son is at the right hand of the Father. And God the Holy Spirit is in you and me. And on you and on me. If Jesus and the Father were the same person in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus would not have prayed this way. Father, not my will, but thy will. He would have prayed this way. If the Father and the Son were the same person, exactly the same person, Jesus would have prayed this way. Father, I am you, and you are me. It's not other people's will, but it's my will. Because your will and my will are the same. Is that right? But Jesus did not say that. Jesus said, Father's will and His will may be different. I believe that in the body, the physical body, Jesus did not want to go to the cross. But the Father's will is that He has to suffer on the cross. That's why He said, not my will, I don't want to suffer. But your will be done. Amen? Every time I went to the SeaTac airport, I'm going to get on the airplane to Europe, or to Thailand. I tell you, when I dragged my briefcase, I was thinking about my bed. Thinking about 
my dining table. I don't like to sit on the airplane. I don't like airplane food. I like pasta food. And this has happened every time I was going to the terminal. I say, God, I don't want to travel. I hate traveling. I don't want to go. But not my will. It's your will. I am willing to suffer on the airplane. Willing to lose sleep and have a jet lag for your people. You see, my will and the Father's will are totally different. But I yield to His will. At the time, Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River. When He came up, the Bible says, God tear apart heaven. And then all the people, including John the Baptist and the Pharisee and all the people there heard the voice of the Father from heaven. This is my Son, whom I am well pleased. The Father was speaking from heaven. At the time that Jesus was standing there, the Father was speaking, and then the Holy Spirit came on him at the same time in the form of a dove. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit show up in a different person at the same place, at the same time. I'm going to read many scriptures to show you that Jesus is not the Father. Jesus is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. They are all separate person, divine person. John chapter 6 verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him, the Father, who sent me. Not my own will, but the will of the Father. John 8, 42. Jesus said to them, If God were your Father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God the Father. Nor have I come of myself, but He, the Father, sent me. Jesus is not the Father. And the Father is not Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 29. And He, mean the Father, who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please Him. Again, Jesus emphasized the Father and He are separate person. John 17, 21 to 22. That they all may be one. Everyone say one. As you, Father, and I in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Who sent Jesus? The Father. Not Jesus sent himself. Jesus did not send himself. The Father sent him. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. When Jesus said we are one, it doesn't mean that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit became one person. But it's a unique plural now. Let's look at another scripture. 1 Corinthians six seventeen. But he who is joy to the Lord is one spirit with him. When we joy with the Lord, we are one with him. But it doesn't mean that I become Jesus and Jesus become me and we become one person. One, but still two person, but one in spirit. When I marry Pastor Da, 
The Bible says we are one flesh. But it doesn't mean that Pastor that jump into my body and become me and she is in me. I would be sad if that happened to me. I still want to hug her outside my body. I don't want her to jump into my body and become one with me. We are one flesh, but it's a unique plural term. One flesh, but two persons. One body, but many organs. Many parts of the body. Amen? In conclusion, Father is in heaven. Jesus is the right hand of the Father. And the Spirit, who is also God, is in you and me on the earth right now. Who is our helper on earth? Who is leading us according to the will of the Father on earth? The Holy Spirit. Should we know the Holy Spirit? Should we get to know Him? Should we fellowship with Him? Should we listen to Him? Because He brings the message from the Father to us. Again, 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The communion of the Holy Spirit. The communion with the Holy Spirit. We can commune or fellowship with the Holy Spirit because He is a knowable person. He is a divine person that we can know Him and talk to Him, walk with Him, and fellowship with Him all the time. He is the person. Everyone say, He is the person. A person has a will, a mind, words, actions, and response and reactions. The Holy Spirit has the mind, his mind. He has his will. The Holy Spirit has feeling. That's why we have the joy of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit touches you, you feel joy. You feel love. When the Holy Spirit fills me up and then lay hand on you, I look at you and I love you. I feel the love of the Holy Spirit, the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Nothing wrong to have feeling. Some Christians think that to have a feeling is a sin. I need to sit in the church. No feeling. No, you can have a feeling. Because the Holy Spirit has the feeling. He can be sad. He can be grieved. Can we grieve the Holy Spirit? Yes. Can we make the Holy Spirit sad? Yes. Can we offend the Holy Spirit? Yes. There is one sin that is unpardonable or unforgivable. Is the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Wow, this is serious. If you see the Holy Spirit is moving and you sit there and you say, this is the devil. You are blaspheming the work of the Holy Spirit. God say, this is a serious sin. Don't touch the work of the Holy Spirit. Don't Criticize the work of the Holy Spirit. He is God. Amen. He's a divine person. Because he's a divine person, he has the mind, he has the feeling, he has the thought, he has the action and reaction. He can speak, he can communicate with you. Therefore, we need to honor him and respect him all the days of our life. We must treat him as God. You remember when Moses walked into that burning bush, the Holy Spirit showed up as a fire at the burning bush. What did he do? He take off his shoes, both shoes. Why? The presence of God was there. He respected 
and honored and reverenced the presence of the Holy Spirit. My brother and sister, Christian in America need to be trained and to have the mindset of honoring the Holy Spirit. How can the Holy Spirit lead you if you just despise Him, ignore Him, devalue Him, and never care about Him, and never respect Him at all? That's why many Christians get into trouble, get into car accident, and die sooner. Because they ignore the Holy Spirit. They despise the work of the Holy Spirit. They don't even care. Amen? How do you feel if you walk to somebody who needs your help so much and you can help them? You have all the money. Your credit card is so strong. You can give them $20,000. You can give them medication to help them. You have big muscle and you walk in and say, Can I help you? You walk to that person and that person look at you and say, Who are you? I don't care about you. Get out of here. Get out of my life. How do you feel? Okay, sure. I walk away. Help yourself. And that's what many Christians has done to the Holy Spirit or treated the Holy Spirit. I don't care about you. I don't care about this laying on of hand. I don't care about the touch of God. I can run my own life. I'm smart enough. Get out of here, Holy Spirit. Get out of this church. Don't bother me, please. I know the Bible. I can memorize the Bible. I've been Christian for 100 years already. I know everything. Please, brothers and sisters, please respect the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit still wants to work in the church, but He will not force the church. It's your choice. It's your decision. You're going to welcome Him or not? You're going to welcome Him in the church and in your life or not? Please, Surrender. Please recognize the divine person on earth here. And his name is the Holy Spirit. He knows everything about everything. He knows the future. He's the best person that you should talk to. You may like to talk to me, but I'm not the best person. Frankly. The best person that you should talk to every single day. I have two persons in my life. The best two persons in my life that can talk to every day. One is the Holy Spirit and another one is Pastor Da. Amen? Happy wife, happy life. They need to talk to her. Actually, the Holy Spirit spoke to her a while ago. Why don't you go up and sing, I love you with the love of the Lord. That is not from me. That is from Pastor Da. So the Holy Spirit speaks to her when she talks to me. Yes, amen, I agree. Because the Holy Spirit witness in my spirit. This is the will of God for tonight. You see, you talk to the best person. Everyone say, the Holy Spirit is the best person that I can talk to. Any day, anytime, anywhere, in any circumstance. He knows everything. He has all the information. He knows the future. He is all-knowing. And thank God, continue to say, and thank God, I have access to His knowledge. 1 John 2.20 But you have an anointing from the Holy One. 
and you know all things. If you connect to the Holy Spirit, you know all things. What is the anointing? The anointing from the Holy One is the presence of the Holy Spirit. He is the person. He is the person that He can touch you. You can feel His touch just like I touch you. He can tap on your shoulder. He can tap on your head, and you can feel His hand. He can feel the heat from Him when it touch you. Who is hot? Is heat from into you? He is a real person. You can feel the wind of the Holy Spirit. He is real, and He has all knowledge, and you can get the knowledge from Him by communion with Him, fellowship with Him. A lot of people are going to close here. A lot of people say like this: "I want the power, power, power." Some people say, "I want the anointing." Do you know that the power, the anointing, is the manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit, the one who brings power to you, who brings miracle to you, is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit come on you, He does not only come with power. But he comes with every everything else that he has. He has joy; he can give you joy. He has peace; he can give you peace. He has knowledge; he can give you knowledge. He has power; you can get his power. He has wisdom; you can get his wisdom. He has compassion and kindness and mercy. When he get touch you, you have compassion. Kindness and mercy. Anything that the Holy Spirit has, you can have those. And for being led by the Holy Spirit, He has the knowledge to tell you what to do. You will not be limited by anything because the unlimited one is in you. Amen. He's the best hairstylist. He's the best car mechanic. He's the best computer programmer. He's the best singer. Best worship leader, the best guitar player, the best drummer, the best neurosurgeon, the best chiropractor, the best teacher. He knows everything about everything. So, no matter what kind of profession you have, you may be a cook at the restaurant. He's the best cook. He can tell you how many drop of. Soy sauce you put in, or fish sauce you put in. He knows everything to make you the best cook. He has all the knowledge, and we can access that knowledge. We can know all things by the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm gonna end with telling you about my own life. I have seen many patients that. Had gone out to see many orthopedic surgeon and neurosurgeon, and suffer from pain for 15 years, 10 years, 20 years. Everyone say to this patient, "We are sorry, you are crazy. The pain is in your head. You just want drug from us. You just want oxycodone and narcotic and morphine from us. Get out of here." Many patients got rejected by the doctor. Because they could not find the reason of their pain, when this patient came to me, I put the X-ray up, and I hook up to the Holy Spirit. Pip 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 pip. 
peep from heaven, and God let my eye to see little problem at the lumber spine number four and number five. That other surgeon in town, and even at Mayo Clinic, did not see. I'm not attacking Mayo Clinic. I'm just joking. So I believe Mayo Clinic has good doctor. But I saw that little thing at lumbar four and five. I opened up that area. Half an hour surgery. The patient woke up pain free after 15 years of suffering. This just happened to a lady who worked for the Children's Hospital in Seattle. When she came back with her husband, they both hugged me. They said, "You are sent by God." They know I'm a Christian. Why? Because this doctor has the helper who knows what is the cause of the pain. He knows everything. He let my eyes to see the problem. Amen. <laughs> How many people want to live that way? Supernatural life, being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you, as a teacher, you teach your student, while you are teaching, the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and you will speak by the Holy Spirit. He will speak through your mouth, to your tongue, and the student, oh, understand? Yes, yes. You should be the teacher that is full of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Everything should be done under the anointing and the guidance of the Holy Spirit all the time. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for showing us the scriptures that you. And the Son and the Holy Spirit are not the same person, but you send the Holy Spirit to be with us, the Almighty God, the Creator. At the time of creation, the Holy Spirit was there with Jesus and with the Father, and the big, great, Almighty Creator is living on the inside of us, Lord. We thank you so much. That we are not left alone on earth and try to figure everything out ourselves, but we have the helper, the counselor, train us, Lord, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If we have not respected you in the past years as a believer, we have looked down on you, ignored you, and misunderstood about you. Please forgive us, Lord. We were ignorant. We were not taught. From today on, we promise you, Lord, that we will respect you, reverence you, honor you, listen to you, and let you, the Master, to lead our life every single day. We will not be prideful to lead our own life anymore. We are limited, Lord, in knowledge and understanding. Help us, Lord, every single minute. Every single day, we don't want to waste our life away on earth. We want to live for the kingdom. We want to build a good family. We want to raise our kids well, be a good employer, employees. 
be good students, successful minister of the gospel, Lord. And we cannot do all those things without the help of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Last night, tonight, I like to pray that God will give you more anointing to get the job done. How many people believe in the impartation? When we lay hand, there is an impartation of the Spirit of God. God just used a vessel like me to impart the anointing upon you. It's not from me, but from heaven. So tonight when you come out and close your eyes and lift up your hand and ask, ask Him to impart the anointing to serve the Lord and give you the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom to find out exactly what you need to do in your life. Where is your place? What you are called to do? The wisdom of God shall fill you tonight and you shall have more anointing to get the job done for the Lord. There are measures of the anointing. You remember, Elisha has double portion of the anointing that Elijah has. Can you have more anointing? How many people want to have more anointing? How many people want to have more wisdom? The anointing and the wisdom you cannot buy with money. It's only come by asking, come by being faithful to serve the Lord and make a decision, I'm going to live for God. And I need you more. Asking, knocking the door, and seeking, and you will get more. Amen? I believe tonight God is going to pour His oil of anointing upon you. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, pour out your anointing, the fresh oil, upon me. I want to serve you, Lord. I need more wisdom. You say, Father, if anyone needs wisdom, ask of me. So tonight, I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power, the joy, the faith, and the wisdom of God. Tonight, give those things to me super abundantly. Fill me to overflow. Thank you, Lord. We receive by faith in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The unction, the anointing, the unction of the Holy Spirit, the anointing. Nate, Mike, do you want me to carry this? 
We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Oh, that's